0: Um, that uh, so you can get to know them. There might be parts of their story you didn't know, parts of their story that inspire you and in your journey. Um, but we have two today, and I'm so proud of both of them, proud to know them. We're going to start with um, Robert. So will you welcome Robert Johnson here to the stage today? Come on, get on your feet and welcome Robin. Robert, give him a good round of applause. So this is Robert, everybody. Hello. So I'm gonna ask you some questions, Robert. Hello. Can you hear yourself all right? Hello. Yeah, there, you're there. Okay. I like how you're sitting too. You're kinda like ready for it. Like bring it on, Pastor Dan. Um just is ready to run right if I ask the wrong question, right? Who's your favorite minor? Let's start there. No, don't answer that. Okay, whoa, all right. We already know. I was
1: gonna say right there. (laughs) Sorry, Dan. Miss Aaron is my favorite minor.
0: Do we have that footage from 15 years ago? There, you guys can put up that um, investigative reporting here. So Robert, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Hardy County, Florida. Hold that Florida. mic up like, like okay. you know how you kiss Angie? Uh, Hold that mic almost that close, all right? Yeah.
1: Okay, I grew up in Hardy County, Florida, uh, Polk County, and that's like east of here, sure. right in the middle of the Florida, right in the middle. Of it, yeah.
0: So we're gonna kind of jump right into it because we have a ton of time today, but. You found yourself at some point in your life um, with an addiction issue. Yeah. When did that start?
1: Uh, it started around the age of 14s when I started doing, uh, got into marijuana, and then got into methamphetamines.
0: So from marijuana to meth, what, 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 about what age was did meth kind of enter your life?
1: Uh, probably 15, 16.
0: 15 years old. Yeah. Wow. How old are you now?
1: Uh, 41.
0: 41, I'm one year older than you. I can't believe that, gosh. You're so much better looking at me. But anyways, um, so you're, you, you, from marijuana to meth and life, life. what did life look like for you quickly following that?
1: A life of incarceration and troubles. We might have
0: to hold that mic a little closer. Uh, yeah.
1: A life of incarceration and troubles, yeah.
0: When, t- when were you first incarcerated?
1: Uh, four days after my 18th birthday. Yeah, I caught my first drug charge. Kind of messed up my whole future as an adult.
0: And how long were you incarcerated?
1: Uh, Not very long. I got bonded out. Mom made me sell my car to bond me out. That's my mom. Hi,
0: Mama. You have a whole row of family here today, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing, family. When you hear this story, there's going to be parts of it you're like, yay, way to go. there going to be parts of it you're going to say, oh man, that kind of hurts to hear that. But we don't focus as a church on those things. We focus on, as a church, um, where he is today and the redemption. Because the truth of the matter is, every person in this room today has tried to be a good sister, brother, mother, father, and messed up royally, right? right. <laughs> My mom's the most amazing human ever, and yet... She somehow managed to mess me up in one way or another. So I don't know how, but you did. And uh, <laughs> my fault. Um, so Robert, so so, how long of your life have you spent incarcerated?
1: Probably about five years, seven. Yeah, six, seven years.
0: So between six and seven years yeah. in total behind bars. Yeah. How long did your addiction? Play out. So from 15 to what?
1: Probably 36, 35.
0: So, what what would you say to the people here that are like, I don't understand addiction? How would you describe the drive or the pull that keeps you wrapped in it for, for 20 years?
1: It was the lifestyle, like the fast pace, just wide open, not caring, don't have any issues, don't have any problems, you just stop caring about everything you know it dulls the sense in you to where you just don't care you you just do what you want to do and live how you want to live and, and you just you don't realize the effect it has on other people.
0: And so emotionally what were you wrestling with that made you keep going there?
1: That's a good question because Ange asked me that all the time and I don't think it was abandonment issues I don't think it was uh, family issues, it was just me wanting to do what I wanted to do, you know, run from life.
0: So uh, when you were a kid, did you, did you ever think to yourself, you know, I think, I think being a full-blown addict is the way to go for my life?
1: No, that was not even an option.
0: <laughs> what were your dreams as a kid?
1: Uh, I wanted to be an artist, uh, kind of lost the love for that. Uh, I don't know, I just, I think I just lost it, what I want it to be.
0: Is it fair to say you lost hope? Yeah. So yeah. it's just an overall sense of hopelessness or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Just describe what that felt like. I'm going to push you today because I know yeah. you're a man of few words.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it was just so grander like I thought the world revolved around me and that's all that mattered was me, selfishness and... And I thought I mattered to things that really don't matter.
0: Hmm. What would you describe maybe as the lowest point of all of that?
1: Losing my kids. Yeah, that was the lowest point for me. You know? And not being able to join the army and <laughs> that's a lot. You know? yeah. The kids was the main point. When did that happen? 2008. Yeah, seven. Who said that?
0: I'm <laughs> guessing somebody uh, in that row. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah, like 2007. Yeah, I was on a down, down here spiral.
0: What was kind of your bottom?
1: Just not being able to provide for my family. Um, that was my bottom.
0: Did you, did you ever contemplate not living? Like, did you ever get to a point where you just said, like, I have nothing left to live for
1: here on the earth? Uh, no, no. I value my life, and I think I can make a difference. Just, I'm not going to let the devil get the best of me like that. <laughs> that's for real. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. It never was an option.
0: Yes. Yeah. Did you, have a, did you have faith in your life at any point during your childhood and young adult years?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, mom raised us up in the church. Yeah, she made us go even when we didn't want to. So yeah. That's
0: one of the ways my mom messed me up. There you go, right there. Thank you. <laughs> yes. All right. See we are
1: she twins. made sure yeah. we went to church.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow. Southside Baptist Church.
0: So. so when did you encounter sobriety? When did that begin to happen for your life?
1: Uh, I was matter of fact I got pulled over in Georgia for speeding and driving without a license and ended up going to jail in Tifton, Georgia. And I met a dude named Travis like three days into it and he brought the Lord to me, you know, He standing at the front of my cell with a Bible in his hand, and he just said, hey, God told me to come and talk to you. So it just kicked off from there, and that was seven years ago. Wow, you know, seven years ago. I was just, I was just done, like, with that lifestyle, like, whenever I caught the charges they got me to prison last time, I was done, like, and he told me, just take it to the cross and leave it there. And I really didn't understand that concept at the time. And so I just took my addiction and brought it to him and just told him I was done and left it there and haven't picked it up since. Like, yeah. Yeah,
0: for real. <laughs> so there might be somebody here that hasn't heard language like that, take it to the cross and leave it there. What would that look like for someone here who might be struggling with something? What would you say to them?
1: Um... You know, we all go through struggles in life and sometimes we can't, we don't have the will or the power to get through them. And you need Jesus in your life. And the best way is just to rely on his understanding. And when you take it to the cross, that's what you're doing. You're giving up your will and your way and accepting his way and his will to try to move them pieces in your life. And that's what I mean by taking it to the cross. Like you just give to him and just let his faith and just roll over you and see what he's got in store for your life, you know.
0: it's it's amazing. Come on. I've been around you long enough to know that you you are a very gentle, um, just very polite, very often carry a certain amount of, it seems like, just inherent wisdom in you. And we've watched... You know, you come into Harvest House, and and what was that journey like? For those of you that don't know, Harvest House um, is th- about over three quarters of the budget of our nonprofit. I talked to somebody this week, Dion. Is Dion here? Dion? Uh, all right, we will. We, we, you don't. I'm not going to call. ya, but we talked to Dion this week, and he said I was on your website and you're connected to Harvest House. What is this Harvest House thing? And um, Aaron's cringing right now because I'm going to do a bad job of explaining it, but. Harvest House is really, um, has, has been our social services. Um, it used to be just a small part of us, now it's three times the size of the church or bigger. And we have, we have three main programs that they run there. One is for people that, that struggle with lifelong um, addictions or, or have a history of incarceration. One's for homeless families with children, um, a lot of times single parents and children. Then we have another program for unaccompanied youth that age out of the foster care system. And um, we have, how many beds now? 380 beds in Sarasota and Manatee County. So what you see here on a Sunday morning is such a small slice of the overall nonprofit. Um, not that it's a bad slice. You guys are amazing. You're a great slice of pizza, okay? Um, but sometimes you just need one. But we, uh, we have Harvest House. And so you came through the Freedom Program. Yes. Harvest House. When was that?
1: Uh, 2020, September, 2020, it was part of my sentence. I had to, uh, complete a rehabilitation program upon release from prison and my sister had went to the program probably three or four years before that, probably more than that. And so I was already familiar, like we, I'd come with my mom, pick her up and we'd take her and go eat with her and stuff like that. So I was given an option to pick three. I picked one and it was Harvest House Freedom Program and I got accepted into that straight from prison. And I just jumped in feet first and God had a mission on my heart and that's, I just got everything and tried to you know, go in positions that benefited my life and benefited the program.
0: What has Harvest House meant to you?
1: They're an extended family. Like uh, Miss Aaron has showed so much grace when grace wasn't deserved, and she's just giving me opportunities. And sometimes I got to get out of my own way in order to to let it roll.
0: And you went back to school, right? Yes. Tell us about
1: that. Um, I went to school the first time in 2001 with my mom, matter of fact. And uh, I went for criminal justice, and unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of that one. So. I uh, ended up just doing what I always do, getting back into drugs and stuff like that. And so this time, uh, can I explain, like, what led me to that? Sure. Okay, when I was in prison, I went through the barbering program, and Miss Turner, she was amazing. Like, this lady, she cared, and that's what kind of put on my heart. Like, that's what I wanted, you know what I mean? And so I wanted to present that to other people, you know. So then when I got out, I got introduced to Miss Angela, which she is no longer with us. And so I just started asking questions, you know, what do I have to do to be like, you know, to do what you do? And she's like, you've got to have a bachelor's degree and all this. And I'm like, school, I can do that. Like, that's easy for me. So I took the steps to, to get approved of going to go into school, and now I'm almost done with my bachelor's degree. Yeah.
0: Now we'll do an update on you here in a little bit, but there's some exciting things on the horizon that we're working out and working through. Yeah. But you've, you've decided um, that you've been painting, but you have decided that ultimately you want to find a way to give back to the community that yeah. you've been a part of and hopefully be the bridge to pull some people out of a life of addiction into a life like yours. Is right. that fair to say? Yes, sir. I want you to tell the church and we'll finish with this and then we'll bring Jamie up. I want you to tell the church what church, what this, this community here has meant to you and your journey.
1: They're supportive, They're, they just like support you and they care and they, they wanna see you do better and they just wanna see you succeed. And we need that in our community. You know, There's a lot of people that wanna see you fail, but this church is just the community that wants to see you succeed and get every benefit you can out of life, and supportive, and yeah, That's great I'm sorry. I, and, I, and I kind of feel like you owe us for Angie too, so
0: I'm just saying, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm very thankful for her, she has pushed me and she has picked me up, and she just makes me want to be a better person, like for real.
0: <laughs> Y'all, will you give Robert a hand, will you do that for me? Thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you. Awesome. you. Did good. Thanks. Amazing. Yeah. Come on. Well, I'm going to bring up the reason that I no longer play lead guitar on stage anymore. So, will you welcome Jamie G as she comes, Jamie?
2: Boy, these chairs make you straight. <laughs>
0: That's right. You gotta sit up. Back. Um, t- Hi. Two amazing <laughs> stories here, but your, your life, we don't have a ton of time. I, I even wrote notes because I know Robert's story pretty well, but your story I wanted to know. And, um, and so I'm gonna kinda, we could, trust me, I asked her one question on the phone, and I was looking at the time on the phone, and 18 minutes later, I asked the second question. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna control okay. you a little bit, okay? Yeah. So right. that we can, they can hear the highlights, all right? Okay.
2: I'm gonna
0: um For those of you who don't know, over 20 years ago, the only person I ever took formal guitar <laughs> lessons from was Jamie. He was <laughs> so little. At 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 Foyt's, Foyt's Music, Foyt's Music, whatever how you say it, Foyt's Music yeah. on 41. <laughs> I walked in there, there was a little tiny back room, yeah. and uh, she sat down and, and showed me here's a blues scale, here's this, here's that, and I took about four or five lessons and then thought that I was Eric Clapton and didn't need it anymore. But um, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. been using the heck out of those four uh, or five uh, oh, lessons you for 20 years. Let you're me tell not the you. only one. <laughs> so, so you grew up in okay. New York City. Uh, yeah. well, what did life look like? In, in those days?
2: For you. Oh, City was great. I was born in, born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens and Long Island, and uh, graduated in 19th. 19... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm 67 years old, okay? So I was like, yeah. <laughs> so New York was great because I, I got the influence. I, I grew up with black people, Spanish people. My parents worked in a the sweatshop, they worked in the garment industry. My mom was a seamstress, and my dad used to manage the place. I used to go with them, you know, once in a while. I'd go to work with dad, you know, and go see and meet everybody. And so I was raised with that. I mean, you know, Jewish people. I didn't know anything about, you know, any kind of hatred until you grow up a little bit more, you know, but anyway, so New York was great because I was able to get an education without having to go to college. That was important. I could see I had everything, I had the whole world right there. I had the best restaurants, I had museums, I took advantage of all that growing up, especially when I started to drive. It was like I was going to the city twice a week. Yeah. You know, so, and then what happens, I graduated in 19. And so I decided it, it, I was 18. it. Said, I'm done. I'm going, on, I'm going on the road. I'm going to join a band. And that was it. So that was the start. I was, so you, what, 18? You, you
0: describe the fast life on the phone with me. As, oh, yeah. You can oh. say it in church. It's okay was that you, you can say it in church it 's okay. What did you say to me on the phone that life looked like back then for you?
2: Oh, it was great we had it was exciting eighteen years old, It was like playing places i 'd never been before sex capades, drug capades. It was great, and then I was never there long enough to get in trouble. so it was like next town <laughs> <So the laughs> had the fast no idea rock and roll oh man, it was here. great, and what was nice about that since being the way I was, I wasn't able to come out at those times because back in those days you would've got deathly killed. So, playing in a rock band was okay because I could put on some makeup, you know. It's like, yeah, this is cool, you know. It's like, I can get away with this. But that wasn't it though. I mean, it was like, just putting on stuff like that, it was like, no, nah, that's not it. So I did that for quite a few years, broke a lot of hearts, <laughs> did a lot of drugs, did a lot of partying, you know. And then it got to the point where, you know, uh, kids start coming oh boy five years on cruise ship three years in vegas it's like oh boy i gotta settle down now uh, that's where okay i have a kid i gotta settle down so i came down here with the band in 78 and it was nice there was nothing here there's just a handful of people the only big building here was the hyatt house the rickety old bridge over the ringling and it was all woods beautiful Yeah, you know, it's like wow now I can't even see the water anymore. I'm like these high rises. I'm thinking I'm back in New York again. You know, I'm like, what happened to my little town? So I've been here fifty years. Wow. Well, yeah. So growing up, because
0: we we had a bunch of musician friends growing up, especially Jim and I, and we were introduced to the music scene around here as teenagers. Uh-huh. And um, you were always one of the busiest gigging musicians. Right. Okay. Uh, no. around and uh, I still am no, you are <laughs> yes uh,
2: seven gigs down. a week we'll
0: get to that part <laughs> all right um, but but something happened seventeen years ago roughly yeah where everything the bottom fell out of everything.
2: Right. Well what happened was you know it was like I still had this the thing, you know it's like I wanna be a girl, I gotta be a woman. I wanna do this, you know and it's like I had children, I wasn't gonna ruin their life, I wasn't gonna have them put up with the ridicule so I have shut my mouth you know and just just dealt with it you know until they finally grew up they were on their own and then it was time I was like what 51 maybe and then I finally came out I couldn't take it anymore and so the only problem was being in the music store here in town everybody knew me Believe me, everybody knew me because I was the only one that they would come to the music store. Okay, oh, hey, where's it happening in town? Where's their open mics? Where's this, that, the other thing? And I would tell them, you know, so I, I got involved with a lot of places. I have a PA system at churches, all these other organizations that needed, you know, so I was the musician they would call, you know, Van Wesel, They need backline, will call me. So I got involved. I would do home shows all over the place, over at Robarts and whatnot. So that's how I got reputation but then at 50 it was at the point it was like I can't deal with this anymore you know so and uh, my uh, my ex at the time and she's you know we, it wasn't a fight it was like you know she knew me and she knew it was and she goes you know it's time for you to move on I go yeah I need to do this you know so the kids were grown and gone so I did I started and uh, came out and then the only problem was I made the front page of the Sarasota Herald Tribune Oh. <laughs> JBG. <laughs> Flamboyant rocker strikes chord with students. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. And then in interviews and so next thing so I came out and I lost everything. I lost all my gigs. Lost all the music stores didn't want me. Nobody would hire me. Everybody I knew was like, You're sick, you're crazy, you're this and that. You know, I said, ah. Oh. So to keep myself going without you know blowing my brains out. I would get up at like 4.30 in the morning and I would go to the farmer's markets. And I sit on the street corner and play my little guitar. I make a hundred bucks, anger free free lunch and stuff. You know, it's like, all right, this is good. True story. A lady came up to me, she says, wow, you play very well. She goes, I have a gig Sunday. Would you play for me only three songs? I go, does it pay money? She goes, yeah, a hundred bucks, oh, I'll hold them there. She goes out of church, I don't care. <laughs> So I did, I went, I played the three songs, made my 100 bucks, I was happy. I was like, then she calls me up again, second week. I have another church, would you play for me again? 100 bucks? Yeah, baby, I'm there, let's go. So actually, you know, third week, called me again. I'm like, okay, really? Okay, okay uh-huh, I'm getting it. I don't play churches. I'm a happy little sinner. I'm doing what I want to do. Really? fourth, fifth week, I get a call to be the guest speaker at a church. I don't speak. I play guitar. I needed the money. So a guy goes to me, he says, well, it pays 350 bucks. I'll speak. Oh, boy, I'll speak. Boy, am I going to speak. Mine so, doesn't even pay that much. No, it's true, yeah. So I, 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 I go, okay, I got to practice. I said, how long do I got to talk? 20 minutes. That doesn't seem like a long time. So I go and I practice. I say my whole life story in a minute and a half. That means I got 18 and a half minutes more. I'm like, what am I going to do? True story. You got me into this, Father God. You get me out of this and you do the talking. I had nothing prepared. I went there. They introduced me. It was 10 o'clock. And I started talking. And I talked and I talked. Then I talked, then I talked, and the next time I looked at the clock, it was 5 after 11. (laughs) It wasn't a dry eye analysis. I'm like, really? This is, like, unbelievable, you know? I'm like, okay. So next thing you know, so I start, you know, going to these different churches and talking. I was like, wow, I had no idea I'd be doing this. So. I, you know, my ex goes to me, she goes, wow, it's really neat. You're starting to get into to these churches and, and getting a church thing. I said, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. I said, but they're not my cup of tea. They're boring. I mean, the songs that they do are like really old, you know. no, no, I'm, no, I'm high energy, man, you know. So she goes, come check out my church. So I go to her church. It's unbelievable. I knew half the kids in the band because I taught them. <laughs> Next thing the you know, lights go off, laser beams, smoke. I'm like, well, the praise band comes out and they're rocking. I'm like, oh man, it's showtime religion here, boy. That's right up my alley. Yeah, baby. So I was like, yeah, I'm grooving. I said, okay, I'm going to come here. I'm going to come to this church. This is a rocking church. Until I decided to sign the Connect card. It was fine. I signed the Connect card, didn't get a call. Volunteer. Didn't get a call. Okay. And I was like, I was fine with that. You know, I said, like, okay, because I'm new, you know. That's right, so anyway. So next thing you know, I, I went for about maybe six months, seven months, and I said, okay, I'm going to go for the dipping. And I fill out the dipping card.
0: Baptism, I get, folks, baptism we're talking about, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, going for the dip, okay? It's like, all right. <laughs> so I like, so... <laughs> So I get a call from the pastor going, uh, uh, We would like for you to come to our church here and we're going to give you a private one. Oh, a private one. Mm-hmm. I can't go with the other people? Private one. Okay. And then after I got my little dipping and everything, and I was like, Wow, this is. You, know, you have to use this bathroom. Oh, okay. And you'll never be able to join the praise band. Okay. Even though your praise band's not up to my caliber. Okay, I'm fine. I mean, you know, I play with Gloria Estefan. I play with these big people. It's like, this is a, you know, give me a break. So anyway, so I was like, all right. So I would go, you know, blah, 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 blah. So this is, what happens was a friend of mine, I get involved. He tells me they, they want to hire me a guitar center. I say, like, I needed the money. I needed the gig. So I went, what happened? I said to my friend, I go, do they know me? They go, yeah, they know you, (laughs) okay. So I went full glory, went to Guitar Center. I walked in the door, the store manager, store manager grabs me, goes, you, come in here. Okay, what do you, he says, we want you on our team. I go, are you okay with this? He goes, yeah, because you're good for our company. Wow. What is it going to take for you to get on our team? I said, $1,000 a week after taxes and full benefits. (laughs) Be careful what you say to Satan. I got my $1,000 a week after taxes. I got full benefits, and I had 90 students a week to do it, Sunday through Sunday from opening to closing. That's how he works. Yeah. I was like, gave me what I wanted. But boy, did I have to really, you know. Can I stop you there it. for
0: a, minute, a moment? Because yeah. we're in a perfect spot here. Uh, we're going to be very careful not to, not to. I didn't say anything. No, 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 no you didn't do anything. <laughs> I, I'm, you are great. I am the problem. <laughs> we're going to be very careful not to focus on some of the negative actions of other churches. Although I want you to hear her, her story. But I want to say this. When. When Guitar Center celebrates and welcomes and throws open their arms wider than the faith that is built on the idea of the father waiting for his son to return home, we have a problem. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. We have a problem. And, and that was the experience. But, yeah. but continue on. Well, I might have you skip ahead though.
2: Which
0: one? I'll have you, I'm gonna have you skip ahead. Okay. Finish this story and then we're going to skip ahead. All right. So anyway, so So I told you, I'm just, I'm just a spectator.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I was going and I was like, okay, because I like the band and it it was fun, you know. And then, you know, what happened was I was, I was in my cubicle teaching and I didn't have anybody. Next thing you know, a little knock on the door. A little lady, about four foot one in a black dress with a little black ukulele bag. Come on in. The Lord led me here. Say that again in my good ear. (laughs) The Lord led you here? She goes, yes, you're going to show me how to play this. Okay. She takes out what I thought was a ukulele, and it was a lyre, a small little harp. I was like, ma'am, I don't know nothing about this. She goes, yes, you do. I take it, and for some reason, I start tuning this thing. (laughs) I'm like, okay, and I start playing Plucking cords, and I'm just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is kind of weird. Anyway, so she was so delighted. I showed her how to do whatever it was, and she left. I immediately get on my phone and go, Show me a picture of David in Psalms Liar. The picture comes up, the one I just had in my hand. This is true stuff. I go running out the door, the guy who's at the desk, okay, Logan, do you see the little lady about so high with the black dress walking in? He goes, Nobody came out of your room. True stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. About four foot high, black dress, little black bag. I've been here the whole time. Nobody came out. I go running into the store. Don't see nobody. I mean, you can't miss a little four foot lady in black dress with, you know. I go running outside in the parking lot. Nothing. like, okay. (laughs) I I told you to kick my ass and he did. Okay. Oh, it's going to get better. Hold on. You You can
0: take... (laughs) The girl out of New York, but you cannot take the New York out of the girl, folks.
2: All right? Hey, what can I say? You know, so next, So I go to church that Sunday, and so I'm fine, grooving on the songs. The next thing you know, I'm like, I see this like heat wave over the congregation at church. I'm like, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, I, I start getting lightheaded. And from my toes to my head, I get this burning sensation. It felt really good. I'm like, Okay. All right, what's happening in here, you know? I'm, I'm like, so next thing you know what, I'm like caught up in this and I'm like, I'm kinda high with no drugs. I'm like, this is really weird, you know? I like, wow. So next thing you know, I, 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 I come to and every <laughs> sudden there's these people hugging me. So like, you're so warm, you're hot. And the pastor, you know, he looks at me and says, we've had an anointing. <laughs> anointing? So, that part, I'm like, okay. Now the only problem I had after that was like, okay, yeah, you will change. You will feel it if you and 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 you will if you want it to change, you know. And, and so the next thing I'm going, I was like, Father God, I, you know, I need a I need a church. You know, this church ain't happening. They won't let me get involved. They won't let me do nothing. So out of nowhere, again, on my Facebook page comes another church. Ooh, wow! I never get pictures of a church on my Facebook page. So I said, okay, I hear you. So I go, all right. And I said, I wanted a high energy band. I want Showtime religion. I want the whole nine yards and bingo, I got it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: So well, the, it's not this I, one. So hold your no, horses. No, okay. wait, wait, we're getting to that. I'm going to make it quick. You, I'll make you clap. Do not clap unless they look at you. <laughs> I, I had a conversation with them. They're not
2: playing. Yeah, I know. So so anyway, so, so I go and I sign the Connecticut and I get a call the next day. We would like to meet you, surely. So I go and all of a sudden, so a pastor, I said, do you want to hear my testimony from 1973 when I graduated school or from 2019 when I was saved? 73. I said, you got two hours? Okay, so I did next, you know, it was fine. And I said, now it's my turn. Do I have to use a special bathroom? I don't care. He says, well, I don't care where you go to bathroom. Okay. Can I join some of the groups? You can join all the groups you want. Okay. So I start going, and I sign the card, and I end up being the stage manager. I don't need to be in a band because I have enough music in my life, so It was great, my stage manager. I get to put the batteries in the little microphones. I get to hand out the little, you know, the the little headphones. And I'm like, wow, I can do this. This is good, you know. Uh, Once again, uh, they were a little bit more accepting of me. But I wanted to do a free guitar workshop at this church, okay? Workshop. I said, well, we have to pray about it. Two years later, they're still praying about it. And I'm like, why can't I do this? Give me a room. Give me, you know, once once a month, twice a month, whatever. Well, you have to be a certified leader to take a group. I said, I know I'm not biblical enough, but I do know about guitar. I could teach that, you know. You have to be a certified leader. I was like, okay, this is really getting to the point, you know. So, yeah, know, that's right, all right, I can dig it. As long as you're okay with me coming here and I put the little batteries in the microphone, it's okay, I get my little fellowship, you know. I was at home, minding my own business, and then I got a message from God. I was, <laughs> I get a message, I get, I get the message from God. I was like, I just in the bathroom, for God's sakes. I said, Jamie. You probably don't remember me. I took lessons from you 20-something years ago. I'm a pastor at a church, and I have a great praise band. We sure could use you. Now, I had nothing to do with this person for 20-something years. How did he know I went to church? I'm like, wow, okay, I get it. You know, it's like, this is cool. So next thing you know it, I come, and I was really shocked. The band's rocking. They took a solo? You get the solo in the sh- Wow, that's even better. The other, the other people, you got to put this. You got to listen to this lady in your ear, you know. To get ready for the verse, one, two, three, four, sing. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Okay, get ready. We're gonna go to chorus now. <laughs> one, two, three, chorus. I'm like, okay. You know, this is just, so like. So anyway, so next thing you know, so I'm here and I'm talking. Everybody's watch the whole service and then. I another friend comes flying down. I look at him and it's like my buddy T-Bone and he goes, what the hell are you doing here? I go, what the hell are you doing here? He goes, my girlfriend brought me, told me, I should check out this place. I said, man, you know, you've been at this other church for 15 years. He goes, yeah, but they never let me sing. It's one of the best singers in this town. I've worked with him for many, many, many years. I'm like, wow. He goes, I know what they did to you. He says, they shut you up completely. I said, yeah, I know that's why I left. So next thing out, know, so are here and I'm Daniel and his well now his wife. Yeah, you know, so T-bone comes and he says, "Well, how'd you get here?" I said, "I got a message from God." <laughs> I was I was running my own business. I said, true." So next thing you know, so and next thing you know, so his has his wonderful wife comes and he texts it and, and 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 he goes, "Tell these two what I've been praying for for the last couple of months." This is true, he's he's been praying for a lead guitar player and a black lead singer. (laughs) And here are me and T-Bone, black lead singer, guitar player. So I was like, this wasn't coincidence, okay? It was like for us to, you know, for this to come down, you know, God really exists, okay? And nobody knows that better than me because my life was so, I did whatever the heck I want. And I didn't know he was always there for me, I never went that far with the drugs. I never went that far with the sexcapades. I never went that far. He would always pull me back. I didn't know that then until after, once again, I was saved and born again. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, you were always there. And it was like, and it's like, now I feel bad. I'm like, I've done all this crap in my life. You know, and then the thing is, it's like, you forgive me? You, you, you forgive me for all the stuff I did at that point. I'm like, okay, how can I be mad at anybody else? How can I put down anybody else? How can I disclude anybody else? Now, the problem I had with these other churches, people like me, gay people, we were cast aside, you know? And as far as I'm concerned, we live, I live under one commandment, love God, love people. I'm sorry. I don't care. You know, and I've got to the point now, when we got the chance to talk to him and you're gonna see your life story, he's not gonna ask you about the gay people that live down the street. He's not gonna ask you about the people who are not married living together. He's gonna ask you how you treat everybody. That's what he's gonna ask you. And then you're gonna feel silly because, oh, oh, I, I, I hated this group and these people sucked, and I, so you know and then here's the tough one love people that hate you Here's sometimes i i know people i want to smack them upside the face you know <laughs> so i have learned yes i love you i don't have to deal with you <laughs> there I, you go so <laughs> i
0: i i will say this i We left some of the details out because we don't have time, and that's okay, but um, Jamie has, was one of the first, um, probably the first public figure in this town to come out, Um, and kind of became the main punching bag uh, in the community when it came to hatred. And and the confusion around why somebody would do that, et cetera, et cetera, and we can get into that another time. Um, when I'm around you, I sense no bitterness, and it's a miracle because I'm bitter for you when you tell me some of these stories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I wonder if, just in a short answer, if you can if you can help some people in this room that are maybe struggling with bitterness towards people that have mistreated them how how do you stay so positive
2: i got to the point where i know myself okay that what i believe in okay and it's it's all about it's about love man you know and i've had I've had people spit at me. I have people make fun of me. I had a guy try to put a 12 pound sledgehammer through my skull on stage, you know? It's okay, it's okay. You know, it's like, all right. If it means that much for you to to crucify me, go ahead. Now I know how Rosa Parks felt. Now I know how Martin Luther King felt. And now I know how Jesus Christ felt to be condemned for doing absolutely nothing wrong because you're different. What does that matter? All right. As long as you know the Lord, let him deal with the second part of it. I have friends, I've played for many gay marriages. They're wonderful people. They love too. And it's okay. You know, the thing is, they have, you have to come to terms with it within yourself. You know, if you think things are wrong, then you stop it the things that i stop just happen it happened naturally. you know my patience i give as opposed to no no I'm one day don't don't ask me for money you know, leave go away you know and it's different now it's like yeah and i, I like helping people i like you know, getting people over hurdles when it comes to their, their playing you know and and it's nice and i have no no bitter feelings it's just that uh, when people hate me i smile it's like bring it on bring it on you know and then the other thing I like is that I play a lot of places I'm sorry I don't play gay places I don't I play five-star restaurants I play and people ask me where would you learn to play like that it's a special gift from Paul the God uh-huh. I have no I have barely a high school education with a D average I think I know my alphabet from A to G and I can count to four very well <laughs> And just with a handful of that knowledge, I have raised two boys, own a home, bought a car, <laughs> and you know, whatnot, so.
0: So f- funny story, and then we're gonna close this out. Uh, the, last, the last place that God had her uh, church-wise, um, after I contacted her and she came here and said, yeah, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been looking for for a long time
2: mm-hmm. in
0: Sarasota, and she found it here. Yeah. Uh, but when that happened, mm-hmm. she had a little exit interview with the pastor of the church, and the pastor said to her, and this is classic, classic, Jamie. Um, well, I understand you're moving on there because one of the reasons is because they're letting you play in the praise team. Um, and, and, and he made it about that, and he said, um, quick question, um, are you doing this uh, for your own ego? Or are you doing it for the Lord? Uh-huh. And give him the smile that you give him.
2: I smiled and said, it's 50-50 here, Pastor. <laughs> I glorify you. It's going to make me look good.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you this real quick. Um, and I might have to stand up for this. And we're going to end this way. One of my favorite scriptures is found stories. It's Peter. You've heard me talk about this before. I couldn't help but think about it when you talked about being baptized in the church. By the way, the next time we do a baptismism, if you want to, we'll do it publicly this time. Oh, all right? Great. Not privately. That'd be good sure. Come on, church, <laughs> and um, get you extra dipped. Okay?
2: <laughs> if my life, I need it. <laughs> Pe-
0: Peter said this, and, and, and go with me with the parallel. But Peter's talking about ministering to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were a people group that were misunderstood by the Jews, and they were a people group that were different, and they were really seen very negatively, and weren't included in Jewish life and Jewish culture. And Peter felt called to the Gentiles, and he's there, and he's ministering to them, and he ends up baptizing them. And he does it out of order, because then they would baptize people, and then they you know, the spirit of God would come and, and, what, and, and it was this very procedural thing and it was step by step. And the people that were with Peter, the Jews that were with Peter, who were already a little frustrated that Peter was, would dare make the Gentiles think that they belonged or that they could have the same experience as one of them. They said to Peter, why did you baptize them? how could you do that? They're not one of us. And Peter said, I watched the Spirit of God fall on them. And he said, how could I f- forbid them our waters? In other words, if God's Spirit falls on them, who in the heck am I to tell God they don't belong in our waters? Right on. Right on. Come on. And so I say to you as a church... Because the big thing now is like Harvest, all they talk about is LGBTQ. That's a load of crap. We are for anybody and everybody out there, especially the ones who find themselves in a place black, white, gay, straight, poor, rich, come on agnostic, atheist, Republican, Democrat, we don't care. We're out there for anyone that finds themselves feeling like maybe, maybe they wouldn't baptize me. Maybe they wouldn't let me in their waters. Maybe they wouldn't. But I'm going to tell you this. The minute the church says you can't come and be in our waters, the spirit of God falls on that person. Do you hear me today? And I don't find it coincidental that In her story, she says she's in a service and the spirit of God falls on her and the pastor recognized and we just had an anointing here. Well, I gotta tell you this, if God will pour out his anointing on all mankind, come on, on all humankind, then we can say, welcome into the house of God where you belong and all of your gifts and all of your talents can be used to glorify God. So that's the message for you today. It's not to... We're not trying to make any other point then. The gospel is fully inclusive, fully affirming, fully loving, and it blows our minds when it comes to categories and labels and all of that stuff. And if the Spirit of God can fall on all people, then all people can be equal in the house of the Lord. And I want to say this to folks like you. I'm going to sit down because I feel like I'm running around like a wild man. (laughs) We're going to end with this. I want to tell you this, and you're not allowed to talk now, okay, because you're going to try to, and I know you will. I just want you to hear me. First of all, thank you for pouring into me 20-something years ago (laughs) and teaching me something that's become one of the loves of my life, and that is music. Second off, we have learned so much from you in a short period of time, just in the last couple of months. Your grace, your, your almost infinite ability to forgive and to look past, even when we've made mistakes here, Um, and your heart to love God and to point people to heaven. The heart of an evangelist that drags Mm -hmm. every Tom, Dick, and Harry in here. Um, She'll she'll be at gigs and just say, hey, you're coming to church with me this week and just grab somebody from the restaurant. (laughs) Um, All of that has been an amazing beautiful asset to this body and this church. And I think it would be amazing today if we end this by standing to our feet and celebrating the amazing story and what God has done in Jamie's life and what she has meant to us in this short period of time. Can we do that together?
2: Great. Yeah, oh, you. you know, but i, I got to say one more thing. There's one thing. You. Wait, wait. I'll, I'll be the pastor now. It's like, one thing that I did have, I was like, do I want to wait when I cross over to ask for forgiveness? I'd rather do it now. So when I cross over, I could say, well, let's jam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. i hope you please. down real quick, I
0: know, I know. it was amazing. All right, go down that way. Let's just stay standing. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Robert. What two amazing stories. Will you do that for me today? That's Storytellers Sunday, and uh, we're going to have, obviously, um, we have a bunch of stuff going on in June, so check out Instagram, Facebook. We have a ton of events happening July the 1st, Sunday in July, we'll be doing Storytellers again. It'll be two more of you from the congregation. I usually like to pick two stories that aren't close to each other, so you never know, it might be you. I'll give you advance notice. We'll do a quick talk beforehand uh, and all of that, um, and of course, you can always say no. But I think this is, did you all enjoy this? Is this something you'd like to do once a month? very quickly before we leave and pray um, Father's Day we're going to have a special service for Father's Day Father's Day is going to be the first time that my lovely wife Robin is going to be speaking on a Sunday morning and she gave me a preview of her message that God put in her heart a little while ago and swore made me swear not to steal it and it's been very hard not to steal it but it is an amazing word, and you're going to love just the way that she presents the gospel. It is so beautiful, and whether you know it or not, you've heard it, but you've just heard it like chopped up and, and ground up and put into a burger when, after she gave me something that was filet mignon. Uh, but um, you've heard her messages. They've been parts of my messages. And, um, and But you're going to enjoy that. So be here for Father's Day. Let's pray together. Thank you guys so much for being here. Father, we just thank you. We ask you to bless what's been said. what been said here today. Just the bravery of both uh, Jamie and Robert as they have poured out their stories. And, and we've just found ourselves in them and found your goodness and found so much in, in how we can live life and, and love people well. And so we're just determined to do that as a church. And we just ask you to continue to empower us and strengthen us and give us wisdom on this journey forward as a community of believers that we can love one another well and love our community well and present, represent you and in, in, in your, in your pureness and your holiness and your beauty and your all-encompassing love for humanity. And so God bless your people today as they leave. In your name you pray and everyone says, yeah. amen. Love you guys, see you next week.